2: What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio episode number 278, I think. I am Jimmy Kempsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is the undefeated 4-0, Brandon Lee Galton of blue-and-green-nation.com. What's going on, buddy? I'm
1: undefeated, too, just like the Eagles. Uh, it's exciting times, Jimmy. It's the first 4-0. Uh, I was about to say 0-4. That would have been bad. The first 4-0 start uh, since the 2000... In- for season i believe no no
2: they lost to the chiefs week two before i said oh i thought you said, no, said 2017 oh right you right you heard i you said 2004 i heard mm. 2017 because that was a super bowl year uh yeah they started out what did they start out 2004 how no. long did they go
1: uh oh total oh, they lost week five i don't remember yeah they I remember they they lost to the Steelers the first game, I think. I remember listening to that game on the radio. It's the, it like the only game I didn't watch at the time live, and I felt personally responsible for the Eagles losing because I did not watch them on TV, and I only listened on the radio at the time. Anyway, uh, Eagles are off to a great start. We're off to a great start here on this uh, new format edition of BGN Radio where we're splitting up the episode this week into a preview show, which is today's pod, and that, which is why... It's a shorter runtime, and then we'll have the preview pod for the Week 5 matchup Eagles versus the Cardinals later this week, like we usually do in that time frame. But uh, before we get into today's show, Jimmy, right to selling craft turkey, go to write to selling.com, discount code BGN15, BGN15 for 15% off your order now that September is over, as opposed to the BGN20. Um, Jimmy, how are you doing?
2: I'm okay. House to myself. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors is in Paris, gets back on Thursday night. Uh, So don't call her until Friday if you're looking for a new home or you want to sell yours. But if you're a Um, French
1: listener who lives in France and you see her, you know,
2: (laughs) say bonjour. Do do hit her up then. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) A lot to get to here. I think we should start with the news or... Maybe more accurately speaking, because you put the show notes together, you think we should start with the news, which is injuries. Uh, you have the list here: Darius Slay, Avante Maddox, uh, Jordan Mailata, Isaac Sayamalo, Jake Elliott. they are all the names uh, probably most worth mentioning. Also, Patrick Johnson is uh, is hurt. Who else? Who else? Don't you have those? Are here?
1: The, I think the big ones. And Nick Sargani said they all have a chance to play this week, so that's you know good news, I guess. And then mm-hmm. obviously this doesn't include um, Brett Toth and Tyree Jackson, who are now eligible to come off of the PUP list, and Andre Dillard, who is mm-hmm. now eligible to come off the pup, or the injured reserve. We don't know exactly mm-hmm. what the status of those players are, but it's certainly worth monitoring this week, especially with Maelotta potentially missing time at left tackle. We'll see. Um, Jack Driscoll obviously had to fill in for him. Uh, Zach McPherson had to step in with Darius Slay getting hurt early um that's like mm-hmm. one of the biggest negative things you can say about the team is that the health is you know not in tip-top
2: shape as it has been for most of the season um and then yeah they finally got hit with it they've, they've been very they've had in- good injury luck through the first month of the season and they finally had some guys go down that are you know worth mentioning they only have the one season-ending injury of course which mm-hmm. is Derek barnett of course we've seen other guys around the league go down like javante williams has done for the season with Denver, Dak had the, the hand injury. I mean, you can, you can name a lot of other players that uh, have much more serious injuries than anything the Eagles are dealing with. Uh, but they did finally have uh, some guys go down, and they weathered that storm uh, on Sunday uh, in addition to the 0-14 to 14 mm. deficit that they faced right off the bat uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I will mention on the Dillard point, we do know sort of something about that, and that is— We know he injured his forearm, of course. That occurred on September 1st, and at the time, it was thought to be a four- to six-week injury, so we are recording this on the morning of Tuesday, October 4th, which means that we are now, what, 33 days removed from his injury, so a little bit under Mm -hmm. five weeks. So he should be returning Soon, whether that's this week or next week, um, to be determined. But I actually think the odds of him getting traded are maybe a little higher now. I haven't sat down and watched how Jack Driscoll played uh, throughout that game. Anecdotally, I kind of felt like he struggled initially, but then settled in and was fine. Um, But if he can be their swing tackle going forward if he's like if if he and there, the Jaguars had good edge rushers of course so it wasn't like some Mickey Mouse challenge that he walked into on Sunday. Like if, if he can if he can play and he can be like a, a legit, competent, reliable swing tackle, then maybe you trade Andre Dillard for another mm. piece that can help you somewhere else on your roster. I
1: mean, I would not trade him. I mean with the team looking this good, I would I would hang on to him at this point.
2: I probably wouldn't either. I mean, it would have to be if you can get something really good for them to do it. You you
1: know, again, a high second round pick, like a really bad team is giving you a second round pick, then sure, I'm I'm thinking about it. But
2: what if you're getting like Robert Quinn, for example? Yeah, and also yeah,
1: if it's a it's a you know player trade that really helps you win. Now the point, you know, the point is like you're trading for a draft pick that doesn't help you win this season. You know, like and it's everything should be about the season, especially at this point. So yeah, if you're getting a player who helps you this season, absolutely. Um, I will say about Driscoll and our our good friend, Ben Solak, you know, made this point. I think you saw the offense get kind of like dumbed down a little bit when Milati came out of the game and it, like, I think they were kind of, you know, running certain things to kind of protect Jack, Jack Driscoll a little bit there and weren't running like the full mm-hmm. scope necessarily. And maybe there was some weather, you know, impact in there too. I liked your little pun there. They weathered the storm. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, zooming out a bit, just the performance as a whole, like, uh it was interesting because they go down 14 to zero I've seen many an Eagles team that shows that it can go down that big and the vibes are just off for the whole rest of the game maybe they kind of claw their way back into it but don't pull it out and so I was wondering how they would respond after that and you know the way things are going it's raining out it's Doug's return you're like is Doug gonna get his revenge are the Jags indeed like really good and not to be messed with and turns out the Eagles are able to rally in a big way and I thought that was really impressive mm-hmm. just the character of the team as a whole. It's something we needed to see in terms of, you know, they've pretty much been up most of this season. They got down 0-7 in uh, Detroit, but responded quickly after that. So for them to kind of have adversity like that, I thought that was good to see for the character of the team. And I think the big talking point that everyone likes to keep saying is like they they can win in different ways. Uh, And I don't think that's, Mm -hmm. to me, that's not just about style of offense, but like, it's about the players too. Like they can win with different players stepping up in big moments. I think that speaks mm-hmm. to the talent of the team. It's a credit to Howie Roseman for the job he's done. Um obviously Reddick and James Bradbury were huge at the turnovers. and why don't we start with the defense there? Because I think they were kind of the, you know, the unit that deserves maybe the most credit coming out of this game. And for all the struggles in week one, Jimmy.
2: Well, yeah. Real quick, sorry, on your point that the Eagles uh regrouped, rebounded you know took the shot in the face and you know came back in that game you look at the Jaguars previous two games against the Colts and the Chargers where they got leads in that game yeah. and those leads went from bad yep. to worse for the Colts and Chargers and the, the those teams were not able to rebound against this Jaguars team mm-hmm. and the Eagles did so uh they they did something this year uh that that the, I mean the Chargers are a good team the Colts probably not no. so much uh but the, the the eagles were were able to rebound while a good team in the chargers wasn't the chargers got some injuries yeah. in that game but so did the eagles so like you know the eagles faced a s- similar adversity to the chargers and they stepped up and the chargers did came
1: back in a way where it was like decisive it wasn't like came back in a way where they just edged him out
3: yeah the game wasn't yeah, like, that close like, it was you know one score <laughs> game at
1: the end ultimately but like you yeah. know the eagles were back in control at one point and if they convert that two point conversion, then it would have, you know, would have, which I, I like to call for to go for that, by the way, because it would have made it a Me three too. possession game. Then it's not even, you know, it's not even a one possession game at the end there. Um, all right. So speaking of the defense, we a lot of criticism, rightfully so, for Jonathan Gannon after week one. But this defense mm-hmm. in the last three weeks they allowed seven points to the Vikings. They allowed just six offensive points to the commanders because you have to factor the safety in there and then taking out the mm-hmm. pick six they allow just 14 points to the jags um with you know the first score coming early on and then the defense really settling in and allowing that um you know so uh, kind of a, le- a little too leaky late on but really impressive stuff from them and the takeaways have been a big factor
2: take taking the ball away like i will crazy say uh too. like
1: the rain certainly helped them in that <laughs> there's the first play sure. where trevor lawrence can like just run for a first down or throw and he just for no good reason, with it. no one even around him, no one chasing <laughs> him down, like super close. I think it, hit yeah, his like leg. the ball bumped into him and he just dropped it, and that's so that's just bad luck. And then he he dropped the other one on like the third and short, and Heretic was able to come up with that in a big pile. Yeah, um, so Eagles absolutely did get lucky, but also they made their own luck in terms of like the the Redick <laughs> strips or you know, two forced fumbles, mm-hmm. which is like, i this is one of those things that like. I, it makes me feel like the one time I might know what I, I, I'm i talking about, because this is something I've, I've been beating this drum the whole offseason. I'm like, it's not just about that Reddick can get to the quarterback. It's that he can get to the quarterback and knock the ball out. Like, this is something mm-hmm. – this isn't just luck. Like, he has demonstrated he is very good at force fumbles. So that was big. And then the dreams
2: – You know, it's funny. He didn't even get to the quarterback, really, either on that one or his force fumble on Wentz the week before. Right. He was blocked, but he still just – Reaches yep. his hand over and gets it in the gets it in the area of the quarterback's throwing motion. He you, you expect that from Carson Wentz. Uh maybe not I don't know, I don't know how often mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence fumbles or whatever, but he did the same thing with Lawrence. He just got he just got his hand in the area of where his throwing motion was gonna be and knocked the ball out. So he doesn't even have to necessarily destroy the left tackle or the right tackle or whoever's blocking him, like to get to you know, make these plays. And by the way, he did <laughs> he, destroy he that Juwan left tackle Taylor. on the yeah. other sack that he had holy shit excuse my <laughs> language <laughs> man that push pull you we talk about like posterizing a guy in, in basketball he he posterized that dude on that pass rush just push pull move threw him to the ground and then got to lawrence that's going to be like the highlight sack of a uh, mm-hmm. highlight reel sack of the year uh when it's all said and done uh
1: to your point about trevor lawrence fumbling i i know he has one of the quickest times to throw this year so it's like i can't imagine it's mm-hmm. like a high number i can easily look this up but you know the point being like, it's it's even more impressive that he got to him twice and got the ball out against you know a quarterback who typically doesn't hold on to it forever like Carson Wentz typically tends to do. Um, so that was really impressive. James Bradbury having that pick which took off points, uh, took points off the board for the Jags at a point where they're trying to come back. Also really big, and that was just him like.
2: Gannon dialed up a perfect time to send yes. seven, but uh, also like Lawrence Bradbury made too. the play.
1: Like he, you know, he it was yep, a play sure. made by. It wasn't just like a gift pick. Like he did a great job of jumping it and making and making yep. a tough catch in the rain, like a diving pick. So, um, are are you
2: buying Jonathan Gannon? <laughs> yeah, I mean he's shown... Uh, so we'll also we should note too that the Lions are lighting up everyone else That's true. <laughs> on offense too. They lead the like NFL they, in they're one of they, they still can't win games, but yeah, they, they lead the NFL in scoring. They're scoring, I think 35.6 points per game. And they also lead, they're also number one offense in the, in the league yeah. yardage wise by, so they're, 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 games average between, you know, them and their opponent over 70 points per game. <laughs> the next closest team is the chiefs uh, at 56. So like they're, those they're, the games that they're in, they're averaging two more touchdowns per game than any other team in the league. So you can almost kind of forgive the Eagles performance week one, maybe uh, with, with the way that they've played against everyone else that's been on their schedule so far, too. So uh, that game isn't looking as bad as maybe it did after week one was over. But certainly these last three weeks with the way the Eagles have shut down opposing rushing attacks, the way they've shut down opposing passing games and with and the way that they've been ball hawks on the back end slay particularly against the vikings bradbury with with the great play against the jaguars here Vontae maddox had a, had a great interception and then the pass rush has been awesome and it just, hasn't just been one guy it, they've gotten production from reddick from sweat jordan davis has gotten pressure hasn't mm-hmm. gotten a sack yet fletcher cox looks like maybe not the Fletcher Cox of old but something you know in between that and what mm-hmm. he was last year uh Javon Hargrave has had some great rushes just all across the board they're getting production from all these guys along their defensive line they're really deep and really talented there and uh the defense is really coming and by the way TJ Edwards is awesome and Xavier White has been has been a good you addition to so the I would so he would probably be near the top of my list um I'm curious what kind of market you know, he, he could expect if he did hit the free agent market, you know, next off season. But if I'm Howie, yeah, I'd be looking to to lock him up long term. Don't yeah. mess with it. Like he's playing great and you finally you're finally getting good linebacker play for the first time in what, like a half this since like Nigel Bradham was good in twenty seventeen. Like you know what I mean? So him and Kaiser White both um, you know, scheduled to become free agents next off season. You gotta I think you have to keep at least one of them and TJ would be my top yep. choice, of course with you know Nickobe dean maybe you know being elevated into a starting role in 2023 and beyond but yeah tj would be the guy that i target for for an extension for sure
1: yeah i would too i think there's i don't know if he's the biggest rah-rah guy but he doesn't need to be i think he has a lot of respect in that locker room too and i think he's, for sure he's a good locker room guy to have around in addition to being a good player um so yeah I, I would definitely think he's playing into a long-term kind of contract um but yeah you mentioned it like the talent everything's clicking (laughs) they're they're taking the ball away I think the scheming you can you you like um you like the talent making plays um it's all kind of coming together and this is the standard that we said this had to be met like this can't just be a eh, you know kind of good defense they have to be like a really good defense a great defense even and I think recently more often than than not this year and by the way with the Lions like they had Amon Ross St. Brown and DJ Shark and deandre swift swift for that game whereas like they just put up 35 points on the seahawks for a lesser team but they did that with like missing all those guys so you know i mean the eagles got like a good the best version of the lions too um if you want to you know factor that in and give them some more grace for that performance still think they could have done better um but you know it's, it's the context certainly is worth pointing out by you i guess i would say like what's the weak point of this defense if anything and obviously, let's let me acknowledge here that, you know, the injuries are an issue of Slay and Maddox missed time, although Maddox did miss time. And, I you know, the Eagles didn't let Christian Kirk totally destroy them, which, you know, was a concern. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side of that, they were helped by Zay Jones missing the game. That was, you know, a break for the secondary. Um, but,
2: yeah, what's the weak point of this defense? Christian Kirk had like seven. His first seven targets were incomplete. And there's the mm-hmm. pick Uh the, the ball is intended for him on that Bradbury pick. Uh, I'd say that I don't want to say a weakness necessarily cuz I don't think he's playing badly really but I think that when the, the, the you know the Eagles have given up plays they've been in the yep. neighborhood of uh TJDJ He's going to find uh, you. Chauncey Gardner johnson Uh I didn't put it in writing so he someone's can't gonna, reply. he can't someone's snap gonna record back this to, and snitch tag <laughs> so gonna, and someone's then gonna, he's going to light you up. <laughs> but I mean he has given up plays and uh, the 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 one play that really stands out in my mind that he that he gave up was uh, and it wound up not being incomplete. But when Irv Smith of the Vikings mm. got behind him, that should have been a touchdown, but he just dropped it. Um, but yeah, he's he's gotten uh, he's been out of position uh, a number of times, and you know, kind of to be expected to some degree because he's new to the team and he's kind of new to the. Position, mm-hmm. He which, is in terms of playing like that played, far off the ball. His, his snaps mainly – and you did a breakdown of this, I think, of where his mm-hmm. snaps came from with the Saints last year in terms of uh, slot versus outside corner versus linebacker versus like free safety type position. I don't know if you know that breakdown He played offhand. like 80 career uh,
1: free safety snaps, which is not a lot, over four or five seasons, whatever.
2: Yeah, <laughs> right. And uh, I think – think there is something about like Malcolm Jenkins noting that uh he like he's a good player like Malcolm says he's a great player or whatever but um probably hit like the area that he has to improve most is in that free mm-hmm. safety spot so um yeah it's uh I wouldn't be super concerned about it yet but if he does continue to give up plays, then it does kind of become a concern at some point. And the Eagles can adjust too; like they can have Marcus Epps play more on the back end, um, and you know give uh, CJ GJ more of like the the box uh, robber uh, type responsibilities. But that would be the the one spot on the defense that hasn't stood out in a. In a, in a very positive, I think they've it's been positive across the board. Otherwise.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And I think there is something to, uh, he could potentially get better as the season goes along and he has more time to adjust to the position and adjust to uh, the Eagles defense and everything. So I don't think it's a, it's a hopeless cause, but I mean, if you're another team, I feel like that's what you should be trying to do is find a way to like go after him yeah. in some way. Um, Miss tackles have also been an issue. I know I, I, I noticed one of those uh, like very, uh Distinctly in this game, and I'm looking up his count for the season. Sure enough, he leads the Eagles in missed tackles with seven. That doesn't surprise me at all. So that's been an issue hmm. with him. That's, Where are you getting that pro FF football FF. reference? Um So I'll yeah, oh, okay. it up there real quick, and and that matches like anecdotally. I've been seeing that like he's good for at least like a missed tackle or two each game. So he's actually, if I'm not mistaken, let me sort the grading here. He is the Eagle's second lowest graded defender so far by PFF. For what it's worth uh Josiah Scott is under him um I thought Scott did okay relatively given the situation um not to say he had a great game but um he did have a good pass breakup at one point that helped force a third down I remember uh all right
2: anything else on the tackling note uh that was one of the major reasons they gave up thirty-five to the Lions, by the way. Yes. They couldn't they couldn't tackle in that game. Their tackling's gotten much better since since week one. True. So I think that's mm-hmm. another sign for, you know, absolutely improved defensive play. And that was, you know, a yeah. big talking point after week one and Jonathan Gannon had to answer a lot of questions about uh, their tackling and the kind of training camp they ran right uh this offseason but that seems to be deep in the rearview mirror yeah we talked
1: about that there's i think there's a trade-off there it's like that might have to be something mm-hmm. you live with at the the net cost of a win because you're staying healthier overall um all right anything else in the defense
2: no i think we pretty much uh covered it all but yeah players are playing well scheme seems to be good and uh it's all coming together all right so we're gonna take a break here but not before we hear
1: about Kristen Roach. Roach Villaders.
2: Her phone number is 856-906-9295. If you but don't call it now are looking to buy or sell your home. Actually, you still can. You can text her. Okay. So she'll respond. Um, I've talked to her a few times. Again, 856-906-9295. Brandon. We'll be back after this. <laughs>
3: Atlassian.
1: Back here on BGN Radio, which is brought to you by Kristen Roach of com, and also Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com. The website's free. Use discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Free to check it out. It costs money to buy this stuff, but you use the discount code and you get a 15% discount code. All right. Jimmy, let's flip to the offense, which uh miles sanders had a career game big story coming mm-hmm. out of this one i think the miles sanders discourse is very interesting i was listening to you know our friends over at birds with friends and uh beau our, our friend beau had a had a spicy take which i actually i didn't think he was crazy but i think some people would think he is and he was kind of like his takeaway from this game that he said and I want to bring this up to you because it's something I also texted you during the game. It's funny that we both had the same takeaway. His takeaway was like, man, like if the Eagles had, you know, like a true stud bonafide, like no questions asked, like kind of running back, Mm -hmm. like it's hard not to think about like what that back could do in this offense, not to say that Sanders was bad, but just to think like what an absolute total stud could do. And I don't know if you noticed this, but I texted you the same thing during the game as it was happening. I was like, what if they had like, you know, like a really, really good running back. And Sanders had a career day, but he like his career day wasn't like an amazing game in terms of like total running back, like the best running backs in the league by their standards. Right. I thought he ran hard, um, which I think you pointed out. And he did what they needed to do. He had that big run. I'm, I'm not trying to. Criticize him. I, I think we need to see more of this. Is the point? And I, my, my point of contention would be: I feel like some people are acting like he's been good all season, this good all season long, and I would disagree with that. And I have evidence to back that up. I was looking at this chart last week um, in terms of uh, rushing yards over expected and EPA. Uh, that's you know measured by uh, PFF. Miles Sanders had like one of the very worst rushing yards overexpected per rush in Hmm. the NFL entering week four. And oh okay. I thought okay, all right. Entering week four. Yeah. So I think you know it's 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 tough because I think as a general point in life, we need to measure things against expectation. Like you can look at Miles Sanders 4.5 yards per carry, let's say, and like, oh that's good. That and that is a good number in a vacuum. But if he could have had eight yards per carry, which is an insane number, but in, in theory if like that is was easily attainable, then it's a disappointment that he's at 4.5. So like, and <laughs> yeah. that's what that stat is measuring. So not to like, I'm not trying to rip Sanders here, but I'm saying like, we need to see more of this. This isn't like, oh, he's had a great season because he had this game. Like, no, I want to see
2: more of this performance. Yeah, and I think it was great against the commanders uh, in particular. Uh, this last game against against Jacksonville, he, he he carried about 27 times, I think his previous career high, I don't remember what 23, 24, maybe, but he's only had 20 carries in a game. I think three times in his career, mm-hmm. three or four or something like that. So 27 was sort of an anomaly for him and what he had 134 and a couple touchdowns. I thought for the most part he got, and this is anecdotally speaking, I wrote about this uh, in my like 10 awards without having the benefit of actually, you know, <laughs> watching the uh, like the coach's film or, or even just rewatching the game at all. Uh, if he it did indeed, you know, pretty much get uh, most of the meat on the bone uh, for, for his carries, which has traditionally kind of been the concern for him. Like he is he's certainly capable of hitting a home run uh, here and there. But uh, sometimes that comes at the expense of not getting the eight, nine, ten yards that are blocked up for him that turn into four or five yard rushes. But I think for the most part against in this in this Jacksonville game, he did a good job of that. I had a couple of people disagree with me on that. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually interested in seeing uh, the rewatch to see. Again, I haven't rewatched the game at all yet. So I'm interested in, on the rewatch to see, you know, what he actually did with his carries. But for the most part, I was encouraged by his game uh, week, week four. I think he's done a decent enough job catching the football so far. Like there haven't been any really egregious drops so far. I thought he looked explosive in this game. There was the one play where he was running across the field and he just beat three jaguars uh got around them to got 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 the corner on them and uh, was able to get more yards just with sheer speed being able to outrun those guys um and i think we saw that in training camp too where he's looked he looked more explosive in camp than he had uh, in the previous three camps of his career so he's going to be an interesting player to kind of monitor over the next you know four or five weeks leading up to the trade deadline because i think running back is a position Along with edge rusher, edge rusher depth or, you know, stud, whatever. I think at edge rusher, you can find anything like a star player. You could add, you know, just a depth guy. I think, you know, all options are open to trade deadline for that. But also running back, if they wanted to, you know, add to that to that room like they did in 2017 with Jay Ajayi, that's on the table. And if he can stay healthy and he can run as well as he did against or the way that I perceived he ran against Jacksonville, then you know, he can maybe dissuade uh, the Eagles from going that route. Uh, but if he can't stay healthy and he does run like he did, like week three against the commanders, for example, then I think that the Eagles are going to be aggressive and, and try to add another running back.
1: Before they try to add anyone, I'd like to see a little bit more of Trey Sermon, baby. Two carries for 19 yards. <laughs> yeah, Dave, two, you, two for 19? some yeah. juice there. Like, they look good. Yeah. And it's a small sample size. But, like, I'd like to see a little bit more of him. And uh, to a larger point about running the football Nice to see the Eagles can still do that. Not a surprise. But in terms of how difficult their offense is to defend, it's like, OK, it's raining. Our passing game really isn't there early on. Jalen Hurts has like the worst throw of the season by far. Yeah. And maybe yeah. the wind was a factor, rain, whatever. Um, But, you know, really, really bad throw ultimately and bad mm-hmm. play by him. A rare bad play, incredibly rare bad play by him. Um, But they just like pivot to the running game. And it just works because of course it does, because they have a great offensive line, even though Milata and Somalo got banged up. And they have a decent enough at least talent at running back, um, to make things work. And obviously a really good run coordinator in Jeff Stoutland. And mm-hmm. it's just again, it's just like, okay, you're gonna our passing game's not there. Okay, we'll just pivot to the run and we'll win anyway. Like there's just it's not like last year, where it's like they if they weren't running the ball, they certainly weren't having a, you know, efficient and high volume passing offense. So that kind of just speaks to their ability to win in different ways, but also wh- while we're talking about the running backs, this is a nitpick and I want to gauge your, the temperature with you or, or yeah, the gauge the temperature uh with you, I guess, whatever. Uh I want to get your thoughts on this is what I'm trying to say. How do you <laughs> feel about Kenny Gainwell's utilization in this offense?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, before the season even began, we kind of saw in training camp that they were force feeding that a little bit. And I wondered uh, aloud whether the Eagles were better served just targeting their best players and not necessarily trying to um, get cute and win the matchup game with Kenny Gainwell against a linebacker or Kenny Gainwell against a safety or whatever. Just, you have A.J. Brown, you have Devontae Smith, you have Dallas Goddard. Throw it to those guys. <laughs> like, maybe, some, sometimes uh, football doesn't have to be you don't have to make football more complicated than it is, you know, just, just throw to your, you know, get the ball to your best players and and allow them to make plays. And I do think they have maybe a little too much Kenny Gainwell in their, in their playbook and in their game plans. Um, And when they've gone to them, he hasn't produced for the most part. He had a touchdown run uh, in this last, ten-yard touchdown run in this game. It was wide open, and he just basically walked into the end zone. Yeah, I was get, getting um,
1: dunked on that because I tweeted early in the game, <laughs> and, and our Shane Half pointed this out in the post game show as well because the same similar thing happened to him. we like, oh, this this tweet aged like milk. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a solid run. Like the the and st- Shane Steichen in his press yeah. conference on Tuesday pointed out like how the offensive line did an amazing job on that play. Not that he was trying to rip Gainwell, he was he was praising the line, but it's like give me a break like because he okay is it good and honestly I don't I don't hate the idea of using him as a ball carrier as much as I yeah, don't think like that forcing the, the targets to him which are too many. Yes. he has listen, listen to this he has 19 total touches this season for 73 yards that's 3.8 yards uh yeah I think in touch. the passing
2: game in particular it's like he's averaging like three point something yards per target and you have Dallas Goddard right. averaging twelve yards per target. You have AJ Brown averaging like ten point nine or something like that. I think Devontae is at nine point nine. So these guys are all they're all highly efficient players when you're yes. when you're going to them in the passing game and you're screwing around trying to throw the ball it's to too Kenny Gamewell. Yeah. And I mean this is, and it just doesn't even have to be Kenny Gamewell specific. Um keep developing. Absolutely. Keep keep trying to get him to be you know, what you hoped he was going to be when you drafted him, which is sort of like a Naheem Hines type of player. Uh, But he just hasn't, he's not that yet. And keep developing him to become that. But in the meantime... In these games, just get it to your best players is uh, is, is sort of what I would say. And it, th- this was a concern of mine heading into the season. And I don't think it's a huge one because it's not like they've gone to him in bulk. But I think we just sort of notice it more when it goes his way because they've come in maybe not necessarily high leverage situations. But um, they I think some of the plays, the negative plays that have gone his way have led to stalled drives. I mean, he has twice as many targets this season
1: as Wes Watkins does. So. Yeah, that's um, fair. Uh, anyway, that's just one nitpick, but that's the one thing. Like, if you know, you're like we kind of did with the defense. If you're looking for like a weakness or something they can improve upon, that would definitely be one of the things to me. Um, another thing that I can criticize if we're going to criticize here, because I mean, there's a lot to praise. Obviously, we I already said the the you know offensive line was great, um, even losing players. AJ Brown's tackling, which he tweeted about after the game, basically. Yeah, that- he explained it. That he, you know, tried to force a fumble. <laughs> I have a tough time, like, seeing where that was happening, though. I mean, like, his plan was to let him, like, run by and then try to get it out from behind. Like, that seems like a bad plan. Uh, And also, like, you get paid to, like, AJ. Like, you know, the Eagles are paying you to, like, catch the balls. And also, like, they're not paying you to force fumbles. And also, they're paying the defense a ton of money, to, like, to do their job. And the defense has played well recently. Uh, So, like, you know, just get him down. like. Just get him down and let the defense do their job. I
2: mean, hopefully, he's let me that. find his tweet so that I have it he, here. May, oh, you do? Know, okay, yeah, yeah read it, it so that so that they know what you're talking about. Yeah,
1: so he tweeted out after the game, and he's obviously been one to, or he's not been shy to uh, to weigh in, like he because he everyone thought he had that drop in training camp, and then he had to set the record straight. He tweeted lack right. of effort colon no parentheses never bad decision. Colin, yes, LOL. My thought process was to strip the ball and get it back because defensive guys don't know how to carry the ball, but I got blocked. I'll just tackle him next time. LOL, forgive me. And that's a SpongeBob gif of him on his knees pleading for forgiveness.
2: <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's a good response by him because he did take accountability for it, at least. He said, next time, I'm just going to tackle him. Yeah. But I think what he was doing was just, I think he was just kind of creeping back behind the, uh, who was it, Cisco? Yeah. But he, like, let him uh, run John by Bars. it,
1: though. <laughs> yeah, let I th- him run but I by think he's...
2: I understand it. Like, I, but I think his idea was, like, to just kind of creep and maybe he switches the ball to the other hand, at which point you punch it out. Uh, don't, but it, don't worry but about yeah. that. Let the defense just do next their time, job. just tackle yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, <they're> like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Who's
1: going to be like, oh, I can't believe AJ Brown didn't force a fumble on that? Like, come on. Like, I get... <laughs> I, I respect the ambition in theory, but next time. Yeah, anyway. um, So that's, like, the nitpicky stuff of the offense. Uh, we didn't get to Jalen Hurts. I meant to mention Jalen Hurts, I thought had an interesting game in the sense that like he didn't light up the stat sheet by any means. Um, His, his worst game of the season, you would say probably on the whole at the same time, he was a catalyst for the win in that, like that mm-hmm. very big touchdown run, which the Eagles got set back by a really dumb penalty uh, on Goddard, which is, this is a garbage penalty. Uh, that wiped <laughs> out. Crazy penalty. Just, yeah. Like, what are we, is this
2: football? Like, like, just ridiculous, he was just standing straight up, yeah. And he and the – it was weird because he and the defensive back were just kind of like it was just almost like they out. were like they were like uh seventh graders Slow at, at the school <laughs> dance, yeah. <laughs> but he wasn't blocking that guy, he was just standing there,
1: yeah. And the defender wasn't even like trying super hard to get through him,
2: he <laughs> wasn't trying at all. That like I was just kind of standing there too, whoever that was.
1: Um, so yeah, that gets wiped out, and the Eagles get back set back to like what, like first and goal at the 22 or whatever 20. Um they're set back considerably and hurts has the run on third down and then has the run on fourth down, takes a huge shot from Devin Lloyd mm-hmm. as he gets into the end zone, gets right back up as he does. That's kind of Jalen Hurts' thing. Like when he takes a big hit, he he doesn't want to show weakness. He wants the defense to be like, you know, they can't mm-hmm. like revel in taking a big hit. He gets right back up, shows them that he's fine, doesn't bother him, doesn't phase him, just scored a touchdown. Uh Eagles players get all excited about it. He doesn't even get hype about it. He just like, you know, just stands
2: there, looks at the crowd. Uh, so that was pretty awesome. I think he was hurt after that hit. Like they, sure. they showed a close up of his face, and it, like you could tell, like oh yeah, that hurt a little bit. But he doesn't want like to you're show right. that. Like he his does body get language. up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jim Kelly was like the uh, the he was like the guy back in the day. You could hit him as hard as you as, as you want. He just he would never show that he was hurt. There was this video going around a while ago. I had
1: to find that. Where uh, man, I I think it was going around Eagle Twitter a little bit. This dude is getting like. Pummeled in the face and just not reacting. Uh, I think it was at like a, it was a game. I think it was at like a Phillies game or I forget, or an Eagles game a while ago, some kind of sports game, maybe not even Philly sports. Dude is getting just like wailed on. And I don't know if he was like drunk or just trying to be super tough, but just like not reacting. And it's so funny to me because he's just getting like pummeled anyway. Um, it's the second week in a row we're punching in the someone getting punched in the face. Last week I said uh you know, you should punch yourself in the face if you boo Doug, And this week uh we're right. talking about that. And then but, you uh, backed
2: off that and I said, No, don't back off that. Well, Put I didn't want to condone violence. But Well, if it's yeah, okay. All right. I was yeah. gonna say self-violence is okay, but it's not No, no, definitely not. <laughs> well, that's a weird thing.
1: <laughs> no, don't say that. Uh all right. Anyway, so yeah, I thought Hertz uh, was Like, he made the plays that needed to be made, ultimately. They had some big um, conversions with A.J. Brown.
2: Um, Yeah. Here's what I'll say about Hurts in this game. So, I look at, like, each of the first four games that he's had, and we talked earlier about how the Eagles, as a team, are winning in a variety of ways. Well, he's playing well in a variety of ways, too. So, I think, like, his best trait in each of these four games has been something different every game. So week one, he beat the Lions with his legs. Uh they they blitzed the hell out of him and he still picked up a ton of like first downs uh by running the ball. It's week two, his accuracy was just on point against this uh you know Vikings zone defense putting the ball uh out on time and in a spot where his receivers could get yards after the catch. Week three, poise. We look at like the uh the end of the first half um situation where he gets tackled on third down Calmly but quickly gets everyone up to the line, calls his own play, not even plays, not even in the playbook, makes his own call on the play, hits Devontae in the back of the end zone. On, on you know, Devontae, of course, makes a great play where he mosses Kendall Fuller. And then this, and then this game is toughness where he just they had to have that. T- by the way, it was a great call, by the way, for for uh, Nick Sirianni to go for that. I think you'd see a lot of other head coaches be cowards in that situation yes. and just kick the field goal. What was it, fourth and fourth and goal from the two or the three? Mm hmm. I don't was it know. The, three? I don't really, the first touchdown you're talking about? The, yeah, when he ran it in. Yeah. I thought that was like the sixth. I thought that was a little further oh, out. Oh, maybe it was. Anyway. I, mean, I don't remember. But, it, I mean, they they had to have that score. Had to. And he knew it. And he he like, he he like was going to get into the end zone on that play, come hell or high water. And he took a huge shot. He knew three. that shot was coming from the three. Okay. He knew that shot was coming, and he took it. And like you said, he he got up and just showed his teammates, like, uh, I mean, you, you play with a guy like that and it makes you kind of want to run through a wall for him. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I, I back to the point. Like, I, I think that he, uh, in addition to the team as a whole, has shown that he can win games in a variety of ways this season where maybe that wasn't the case uh, in his first two years in the league.
1: I also think it's
2: so, like, rare to see
1: quarterbacks actually be vocal leaders. Like, you don't see that a lot. You know what I mean? Like, in terms of breaking down the huddle and stuff. And he does that. Carson Wentz never did that. Um, but even like, you know, some of the guys you might think might be better leaders or are, are some of the biggest leaders in the league, just because of the, you know, the, na- the nature of their star sure. status and their, of the position they play, but like, that's not always the case. And I think that's, it's really, it's like rare somehow you, you wouldn't think it's rare, but to me, it seems rare, at least in Eagles history too. When's the last time the Eagles had a guy like that? It's been a while, like Vic, maybe to some extent. Um, but I don't even know fully. Uh, so I think that's really uh, fun. It makes Jalen Hurts even more easy to root for. Uh, So I think in addition to what he did uh, on the field, off the field is super valuable. And he didn't turn the ball over after the one really bad play. Like, obviously that was huge. After that, he took care of it and he did enough and they were able to win. So I like... Did you
2: see the clip of your boy, Russ? (laughs) Oh, no. Telling his teammates to yell, run or pass? I did.
1: That was in week one. Yeah, I don't. I can't defend Russell Wilson. I can't.
2: I can't even. I don't even want to talk about. It. If I were a defensive player or like an offensive lineman or something, Shut the hell up! And the quarterback is yelling at me to yell. It's like calling my number out specifically and telling me to yell "run" or "pass" uh, to the defense on the field. I'd be like p- praying for a piano to fall on the sky on on his head. I
1: um. <laughs> One thing I I always have believed with Hertz is the big winner energy thing. I've always thought he's had that. I just yeah. wondered about the mm-hmm. talent with Russ. I think I discounted the big loser energy too much because he had it's the opposite. He had the talent, but the the BLE it was just too much. And it's
2: and he did win, he, sure. He did win a Super Bowl.
1: Should have won a second but one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It hasn't resulted in as many wins as it should have. Uh, so uh, elsewhere in the offense, just real quick, wanted to mention continue to dominate in the second quarter I don't know what it is but the Eagles that's just that's their quarter baby they did yeah. score in the second half this this game which is a new development um but they just they they dominate in there and I don't know why that's a thing but it is a thing
2: do you have any thoughts on that just the end of the half scoring is huge mm. like the last two minutes of the of the half they've gotten 26 points uh within the last two minutes of the first half and they've done it in every game field goal against the lions the lions even called a timeout in, in hoping that they were going to get the ball back and that backfired on them. And a lot of these drives have, in this past game, they got the and a half touchdown and the a subsequent missed uh PAT, but that was off of, uh, I believe, I think that was the Reddick fumble recovery, not the strip sack, but like where Lawrence dropped the ball. Yeah. Third um, and was short QB sneak. Yeah. Um, So it was a short field on that one. But in the other three games, they've put together these long drives uh, at the end of the first half. And they've gotten, like, big chunk plays. The Commanders game stands out in that regard where uh, they got a a chunk play to Devontae, a chunk play to to Brown. And then they got the 44-yarder to Devontae down to the one uh, before that sequence where incomplete, incomplete, tackled on the run play. And then Hurts calling his own play and hitting Devontae in the back of the end zone. Um, They had two scores Within the final two minutes against the Vikings, (laughs) they scored a touchdown and then uh, they got a quick three and out. Get the ball back from their own five, by the way, with not a lot of time. And uh, they got a couple chunk plays down the field and they kicked a field goal. Uh, So they got 10 points uh, in the last two minutes of the first half against them. But they've just there's it makes a huge difference. So I looked this up last year. They were seven and one, I think when they scored within the final two minutes of the first half mm-hmm. and two and seven when they didn't. <laughs> so like, you no, know, that's not the end all be all for, of course, you know, winning football games or not, but it is a big advantage. If you can get that final score of the first half, especially uh, if you, the Eagles always defer mm-hmm. when they win the coin toss. So if you're, if you're getting the ball back again at the end of at, you know at the beginning of the second half, it is a huge advantage to be able to get those points. And not only just from, you know, the scoreboard perspective, but, it gives you a kind of added momentum going into halftime, and, and you feel out, you know, you feel good about you know coming out and playing the second half. The Patriots were always good at that, like
1: being able to do yeah. that, like going into half and then coming back out in the second half, and you know, just like really kind of pulling away, and and like that's mm-hmm. like where the, like the guts of the game, and like really like you know uh, establishing themselves at that point. So um, definitely uh, a positive thing. I, th- I think you have to give Sirianni credit for that, like good situational football. Obviously, Steichen's calling the plays. Yep. Sirianni on the whole, like, you know, I think the culture, the vibes are incredibly good with this team, which has a lot to do with the players. But I think he helps foster that as well. I think that's definitely an edge he gives them. I would say he was great at being aggressive. Again, I love the call to go for two there. You make it a three possession game. It's a Mm -hmm. no brainer.
2: Uh, There was some debate. Also going for it at the end of the game. Yeah. they didn't get. But going for it at the end of the game, and they didn't get, they didn't pick up the first down, right. and it was like, uh oh, the Jacks can drive down and score a touchdown and get the uh, get two points, going to overtime. And Radek ended that. Did real you like quick. that call? I, I, so it was a combination. I I talked to Jake Elliott in the locker room after the game. He was fine with with the with the call because mm-hmm. he was he said he was hurt, and uh and the wind was brutal he didn't heading into the that direction of the stadium at that end of the so, stadium. They he felt Sirianni felt that they they had a better chance of converting the fourth down conversion than they did making that field goal. Sure, in a normal situation, of course, you're kicking that field right. goal 100 times out of 100, but uh, it wasn't a normal situation. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'll defer to, to Nick in that scenario, knowing how hurt Elliot exactly was. And we're in the press box, we don't know exactly how you know awful the weather is on the field itself uh i'll defer to him and and his decision making on that one i i mean it's it's a it's a pure decision there it's do i think that this play will work better or this play will work better so the play that he picked didn't work but uh uh, yeah i i think that uh we can kind of give him the leeway to make the decision on which play he thinks has the better chance of, of converting
1: well, like, and AJ Brown had the ball in his hands and he dropped it. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, right? Like, it wasn't like, oh, this they called a terrible play too, like the Pascal run like, or mm-hmm. something really like weird that didn't have a great chance. At every chance of succeeding, AJ Brown has to make that catch. It's a catch he makes yeah. probably ninety-nine out of a hundred times. Um, so it just didn't happen. And even the same thing with the Devonte Smith, um, kind of drop slash maybe ball could have been thrown a little bit better. Uh, on the two point conversion attempt, like the ball was right there. It wasn't even like a bad play. Uh, just didn't execute. And, um, you know, that's going to happen at some points. Eagles were able to survive, got the win. They're 4 0, 4 0. Crazy. And looking ahead, very, you know, very attainable path to keep on winning and keeping that undefeated record going. Having the 72 Dolphins shaking their boots, maybe. Uh, we'll, that's right. We'll see. Um, that's
2: one of the most annoying traditions every year where, like, those. I read that they don't actually do that. I was reading about that. Yeah, I hear hear, that's a (laughs) big.
1: So um, uh, Florio, I believe for Pro Football Talk, I don't know if he interviewed it or he linked to Don Shula at one point, um, like commenting on that. And he's like, we don't do that. That doesn't happen.
2: The one thing I will say about those guys is I did agree with them when they were dismissive of the Patriots and their run when they were undefeated because they're like, well, who cares? It doesn't count. They cheat. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, they're right. They do cheat. Well, they also didn't close it out. (laughs) They lost. But I mean, even before they played that Super Bowl, they were already pre-arguing that their undefeated season didn't matter because they cheat. That's right. (laughs) Which I I respected that.
1: uh, So last thought, finally wrapping up here. Love the warm welcome for Doug. Stadium wasn't like full at that point, but still. um, the eagles pa announcer you know and said like and welcome back doug peterson after the jags players had run out and they showed doug and he gave a little clap which is nice to see people stood up i saw some people doing the we're not worthy like bowing down stuff <laughs> that's pretty good okay. like uh, great for doug i was happy for him uh, i was also happy that like he didn't just get housed in this game too like they they got up and it was like oh kind of like hey maybe this coach is decent you know he's, he's mm-hmm. kind of a decent coach sure. and then you know obviously the eagles pulled away but they still got into it. they still got in it, I didn't like the cowards' draw from Doug. That was really bad. He had that like third and 10 draw at one point. I was like, come on, uh-huh. Doug, Like, what are we doing here? But overall, um, happy for Doug. Love the video that the Jaguars posted of him shaking hands and, and hugging everyone after the game. Uh, hurts among them at the end. Like, Doug's the man. Um, it's like uh, he
2: gave Kelsey his jacket. Yeah. And Kelsey gave him his jersey <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I've never seen that before that's, of course. that's funny though
1: um but that's great doug's the man um i i I hope the jags win the a f c south I really do i hope he continues to have success down there uh he's great he's the he's the best um is there any hope for special teams is my last really quick thing they are thirtieth okay. in p f f grade and twenty ninth in d v o a they have not been good, and obviously Elliot getting hurt isn't gonna necessarily help matters, but everything else like Aaron Sipaz freaking punting the ball into the end zone again. Like, what are we doing, man? Yeah.
2: And that wasn't even close, too. I think it actually did land in the, you know, yes, in the field. It did of land play. In, the, in the, yeah. But it it wasn't a punt where, like, no. you knew you knew it coming off his foot. Like, oh, that ball's going in the yeah. end zone just by the trajectory. And, you know, most of these punters can put, like, the, the, you know, like the English on it, almost like you're hitting, like, a pitching wedge and you hit, it hits the green and rolls back. Uh, this punt, like there is no way that that, that ball was checking up and that was supposed to be not supposed to be, that was what he was good at last year was sort of the, um, the pin deep type punting. And he was terrible at the blast away punting this year. He's bad at both. So like, I mean, at some point, is he going to have a big mistake that cost you a game? Are one of these returners going to have a big mistake? They cost you a game. And I don't know that they should necessarily go out and like trade for a returner or something like that. The minute you get a good kick returner is the minute they just start kicking it over your head. And maybe there is something to be said for that, starting at yeah. like the 25 yeah. yard line instead of the 18. Yeah. Which is nice. Uh, I think the concern is if, um, well, you know, Covey had the, had the muff week three against Washington. You don't want, you didn't want to see that. If you see more of that, then maybe you do have to bring in an outside punter or punt returner, uh, kick returner one way or the other. And I still think they should be on the lookout for a punter as I've been kind of like begging for, uh, for the last year or so <laughs> with this team. Uh, Cause he, he just does not, he's just not a, a like a legit good NFL punter. He's yeah. bottom five in the league has to be.
1: Again, Howie Roseman had an excellent off season, but if you want to like fault him for some things, <laughs> I don't think he did <laughs> a good punter. job on special teams at all. And uh, yeah. So like, how how could you not give him competition? The way he ended last season. Though, why would you not bring in even some like scrub college punter just to like even just yeah. for the the like the mental effect of like, hey dude, gotta step it up. Like there's competition here. Like you're you're on a notice. A couple of
2: them on jobs, by the way. Like some of these undrafted free agent punters. Yeah, Ryan Stonehouse yep. from I think Denver beat out like a longtime punter there. Uh, there's another guy from Tulane. I forget his name, but he beat somebody out. Um, I know too much about punters. It's yeah, a little, this is uh, pathetic. It's a little sad. Uh, but I mean, but the point is like they could have brought in an undrafted guy and maybe he surprises you in camp and they just didn't even given a, a guy that opportunity
1: on the returner note, I would say, I mean, another advantage of them just kicking it through the end zone. You're not fumbling on a kick return if they keep mm-hmm. doing that. So I would take that from that standpoint as well. Sure, Not that that's been an issue, knock on wood so far, but still, um, like I'd be fine with that. And then the other thing is I feel like there has to be someone out there on that practice squad somewhere. Like this is where the pro, personnel department which has been strong in the past um like and i've come up with like decent in-season additions this is where like they need to make their money here and find someone who because i bet you there's like some corner out there who stinks as a corner like can't cover a lick but like could be like a good returner like someone like yeah. that or even like jason <laughs> right. huntley he's not like a good offensive player but he can return kicks so
2: you not using him in any other way yeah, yeah
1: like there has to be someone like that <laughs> that you could like add to your practice squad or, or figure out a way to get on your team somehow. I feel like, you know, they have to do their homework on that and try to figure that out. Um, I would like to see them. That's a, that's a task for them. Try to figure that out. Cause I think it would, it would be nice to, to be able to add that. Not really fully believing in Covey here, but again, these are, this is a very, uh, we're nitpicking here. It's a very, you know, you'll sign up for that. I will say at this current rate, I think it's funny because you could argue that none of the Eagles three coordinators will be back next year because I think Steichen is, you know, a prime candidate to get hired. GG already drew a ton of attention last year. Yeah. And then I just don't think Michael Clay is going to be able to survive if if the special teams continues to be like, I this will bad. say this
2: for Clay. He did have them prepared for that onsite uh, kick against Detroit.
1: Okay. Which is it's something. It's something, but need to see more.
2: Overall, it's been more bad than good. So. I felt like he needed some defending. Okay. So, all right. <laughs> but yeah, the defense keeps playing the way they're playing. JG's gone. I mean, as He's as good as gone. Well, and Steichen and for the offense. And too. you're right about Steichen. Yeah.
1: So we did, the I over, don't know. we did the over-unders last year for, um and Brian Johnson as well, also is an interesting candidate to watch yep, out for. for sure. Uh, Eagles quarterback coach. Um, but we did the over-unders last year as we always do every offseason. And I think I set 1.5. For coordinators hired away to head coaching jobs, and I took the over on that, so I'm feeling good about that mm. right now. Okay, um, we'll see. Uh, and I included coordinators in there, I think. So, and like that would include Kevin Batulo too, potentially. If does it also does up. that
2: also include Stout?
1: Yes, yeah. I, I say co- it has to have if he is coordinator in a all, it's it's eligible for that um <laughs> distinction. So, but I don't think.
2: I mean, why wouldn't and then Denard Wilson accounts for it too because I think he's what the passing uh, the defensive passing game coordinator or something like that, right?
1: Yeah, although you know probably more of a leap to DC than um, head coach, but we'll see. Um, yeah, real quick last minute tangent: Why wouldn't a team hire Jeff Stoutland as their head coach? Like, I know maybe he doesn't want to do it, but like if you're, I don't know. I mean, even just offensive coordinator. Well, that too. Like, why? Not that I think. Not that I'm saying like. <laughs> Someone do this, take him away from the Eagles. The Eagles, you know, keep him at all costs. But like, if you're Jeff Stoutland, just
2: throw buckets Yeah, like, why of aren't money you throwing like? A ton I mean, of money. maybe, maybe, maybe they maybe they've tried, and the Eagles have just matched uh, very it. Very possible. No. I feel like we would. Yeah. That's
1: something we would hear about, though. That would get leaked mm-hmm. out. Like, like that would get leaked out there because you'd make the Eagles look good. It's like, see, we're paying them. We're paying them all this yeah. money to stay. We don't right. want to lose them. Um, anyway, uh, that does it for the recap episode here on BGN Radio this week. 278 uh we'll be back with you on we'll record on thursday morning most likely for our eagles cardinals preview make our nfl picks against the spread and all that good stuff too uh any final words jimmy
2: crappy thursday night game this week isn't it broncos colts ah yes the two horse teams Mm. the eagles by the way are six and oh in their last six games against animal teams hmm and they had a six game losing streak against bird teams mm. until they finally beat the Falcons week one of last season. Right. They haven't played a bird team since. So they'll look to get their own, they'll look to have a bird winning streak this week against the Cardinals. Make a bird That's my pre preview of this Eagles Cardinals matchup. Make a bird noise
1: first, us, Jimmy. <laughs> Okay, interesting <laughs> route to go with. Uh you can check out BGN sponsors by going to righteoussellum.com using discount code BGN fifteen for fifteen percent off. Or if you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, go to roach realtors.com to contact Kristen Roach or call or text this
2: phone number. Eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five. What did you think? I was gonna go with like a squawk? I don't know. Maybe. Or some kind of like uh predator bird? I went with like a like uh I want more like a prey bird than
1: a predator bird. You can check out my work at bleeding You can check out Jimmy <laughs> Kemsky's work at Philly voice.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon Gautin at Jimmy Kensky. I think I, I put the show notes I put our handles in the show notes too. If that's easier for people, if they want to reach out and talk to us about the show, we always appreciate that. Um, I'll be recording the NFC East mixtape here in about an hour and a half. Um, so that'll be fun. I'll be talking with RJ soon. He'll certainly be very fired up about the Cowboys and acting like the Eagles don't exist in the same division for some reason. Like, it's funny how he's doing that. Um, also, funny what's how. He do, what's he doing? Like, he's like getting all hyped up about the Cowboys. And I'm like, you realize the Eagles are in the same division still, right? And like are looking like better than that team. It's just weird to me.
2: I, I get it. I, I get it, though. I mean, they, they look like they were cooked after week one. And now all of a sudden they're three and one, winning with their defense in this crappy backup quarterback Mm. that everyone's like praising but he you know I mean he hasn't done anything and then we let me hear the listeners I think want to hear what bird noise you would have gone with um I was thinking of yeah like (laughs) 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 something
1: like that (laughs) uh We'll talk about the Commanders, too, and what they have going on, because there's some Carson Wentz stuff to get to later in the week. We'll we'll address that all later. Giants are
2: an interesting team to discuss, too.
1: Yeah, we'll get to all that, and and on the mixtape as well, so stay tuned Mm -hmm. for that. Uh, We've already gone long here, but that's fine. We'll be back with you later this week.
2: Goodbye, everybody.
3: PGN!
0: Support for this show comes from Vanta. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to Vanta.com slash Vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot slash Vox for $1,000 off Vanta.
3: Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets.